Hey everyone, the It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com, and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. In our own consumer-facing experience for people who are deeply into the weather, we do have the concept of you can follow multiple locations. So if you live in New York City, but you know you want to know what's going on at your mother's house in Nashville or your cousin in Florida, you can follow those different locations. Few areas of journalism are more in demand by news consumers than the weather. People want to know if it's going to rain or how many inches of snow they're going to get. They want to get that news quickly and accurately. I'm Michael O'Connell. Welcome to It's All Journalism. In September, Smart News launched a disaster info hub to its app with minute-by-minute updates using AccuWeather's data. Today I'm talking to Paul Lentz, AccuWeather's Senior Vice President of Business Development, and McDavid Stoddard, Smart News' Product Partnership Director. Paula and McDavid, welcome to the It's All Journalism podcast. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Excited. Okay. So usually, you know, I like to find out a a little bit about each of the guests before we get going here. So let's, let's start with you, Paul. Tell me about yourself and how you ended up at AccuWeather. Well, I've been doing business development in and around digital media for the past couple of decades on both the vendor side, selling solutions into publishers, and also from the publisher side back when I worked at CNET.com and CBS Interactive. And I really came to AccuWeather just before the pandemic. So most of my experience has been Zoom uh, at AccuWeather, but I really came because the brand I think is incredibly strong. I was really interested in getting back onto the publisher side of things. There is, while it is a publisher and a money-making enterprise, there is a pretty strong mission to the organization to protect lives and property by providing, you know, kind of life-saving weather information. And that was pretty interesting to me and and another additional draw for my coming on board there. Okay. McDavid, same question. How'd you end up at the Smart News? You know, I've always been interested in, in the news and I came from a partnerships background, but, you know, originally, so I was living in Asia before I kind of got into the, the tech space and wound up in Silicon Valley about five years ago, working for another cross-border company. Smart News has operations in Japan as well. And, you know, I was doing BD and partnerships for that company and they were in the e-commerce space and that kind of ran its course. And as I was looking for my next adventure, you know, I was kind of wanted to do something that's more aligned with my own passion, background, and interests. And, you know, I am an avid news reader and news consumer. So this sort of, you know, holy trinity of partnerships, you know, aligning with my news interests and also working for another, another company with cross-border operations in APAC, you know, made Smart News mission and company seem like it was a pretty good fit. So for people who may not be familiar with Smart News, could you sort of describe its mission? Holistically speaking, it's a global information and news discovery app. And our two big markets are Japan and the US. And we started in, J- in Japan in 2012. And I've since have grown to really like do quite well in that market. You know, we're now consistently top five in the app store in Japan. We're the number one news app in the JP market as well. And we've now, you know, a couple of years ago also launched into the US market. In the US market, we're also seeing pretty similar success as well. You know, very recently, we've been top five in both Google Play and the iOS app store for for news apps here in the U.S. market. And yeah, Smart News, it's an interesting platform. We're trying to do more than just news aggregation. As you mentioned, Michael, we have launched this uh, disaster info hub 
And this has been something we've been really excited to partner with AccuWeather on. So you mentioned the disaster hub. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, what what does it do? What makes that different from other types of apps that people may have? The disaster info hub is really seeking to create this sort of native map-like content that's layered in with other contextual information, like, you know, just the general data, news articles about said disaster, and also even tweets. We're pulling in tweets that are relevant to whatever might be going on. And this really covers any like major disruptive act of mother nature. You know, we have disaster hub features that will cover like fires in California, earthquakes, hurricanes, flooding. And of course, right now, the big one that you'll see, depending on where you are in the U.S., is really any kind of winter weather event. And the goal here is really just to give consumers a quick and easy hub to see all the relevant information they need to stay safe. And when we say stay safe, I mean both physically and psychologically feel safe. The, the kind of use case we're solving here, solving for here, the user problem is, you know, the alternative would be you would have to go piece together all this information. You know, you'd have to do some searches. You have to go kind of start doom scrolling on whatever app you're using or even turn on the TV and wait for the TV to start covering the questions you want answered. So what we're really trying to do here is to give our users, you know, a comprehensive one-stop shop whenever there's some kind of, you know, large act of mother nature going on and just have them think, oh, well, I'm just going to launch smart news. I know that there will be super comprehensive coverage and I'll be able to see on the map how it's affecting me as well as get, you know, good contextual information from other publishers or, or tweets. Maybe this is a part of the the smart news angle, but is this sort of location focused? If I download smart news, you know, I'm going to set it up or there'll be some sort of location that's going to give me the news that I may prioritize of interest to me because it's, you know, in my backyard or it's my local government or whatever. Is that part of the setup of that? And then does the AccuWeather part of it then bring content that's of interest to me locally through that sort of positioning? Yeah, exactly. So you'll get both you know, the smart news and app experience for each user is going to be the news content will be tailored to the, you know, the city, the zip code you're living in. And also for these disaster hubs, they're not going to pop up for everyone. It is totally location specific. So if there's an earthquake in California, that's, that's just going to be for the people in the affected area in California and the East coast isn't going to necessarily have that hub pop up. But if I, if I were, you know, somebody who was out of town or if I were somebody who had family in California, is there a way for me to prioritize that information or is it just a matter of me searching with the app that I've already got? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is something we've definitely talked about creating some sort of feature for. There's probably a current workaround where you could kind of jerry-rig your location to be in California and then the hub would pop up for you. But currently, this is just focused on the people in the, the immediate affected area. That's one of the great reasons I think we're a really unique and valuable partner for Smart News is the weather provider, because we do have this hyper-local orientation focus in everything that we do, because weather really only matters wherever you are locally, <laughs> even though weather matters to everyone all the time, but it only matters where you are. For us, Smart News gives us a lot more reach to get our message out to a lot more people who are in this aggregated sense. And I think you know, in our app, in our own consumer facing experience for people who are deeply into the weather, we do have this, the concept of you can follow multiple locations. So if you live in New York City, but you know, you want to know what's going on at your mother's house in Nashville or your cousin in Florida, 
you can follow those different locations. Does the AccuWeather side of it, does it bring you any, any news or is that, is that more of you're going to be writing the, the weather information and then the aggregation for the social media and the aggregation for news related to, you know, whatever the disaster is comes from the, the smart news side of it? Well, when we started the partnership initially, it was really the editorial content from AccuWeather that was being ingested and kind of provided inside Smart News. And then we evolved into being this richer kind of data provider because we do provide this, we have a truly global data set. So again, it's a great partnership with Smart News because they too are a global news provider. So now we provide not only the editorial content, but also the specific weather-related content that supports the, the disaster hubs and the specific issues when they arise around weather disasters. So how long have you had a chance to look at the way people are, are using the disaster hub? Have you had some events that have come up recently where you can sort of gauge and maybe even make adjustments to the way people are interacting? I can't speak specifically to like exact usage statistics, but I will say you know, Smart News has been investing heavily in this disaster info hub, and we have expanded it to, at this point, virtually every type of act of mother nature you could think of, because we do see that this is a very big value proposition, both for our, you know, current users and new users who are coming in when there's a big kind of disaster event going on. So from a news aspect of it, you know, say there, you know, let's talk about California fires or California earthquake. Are you you know, to provide the information for that, is that all sort of aggregated content from, you know, government officials, from news sites, from social media? Are there any, you know, news creators in-house that, that are sort of guiding some of this stuff? The exact way the data flows is kind of varies from event to event. So fire and earthquake and, you know, winter weather alert might all have a slightly different combination of data streams we're getting, but we're trying to look at multiple different data streams to provide a very comprehensive overview of what's going on with said disaster. And AccuWeather is really probably the biggest provider in this space, but we also do pull in information from the NWS and as well as, you know, through various social media APIs as well. So where is AccuWeather getting its data from? We source our data from both public and private sources. We work with the NWS. They're actually a very great partner of ours in both directions. We license a lot of our information to them as they do to us. And we bring in, I don't know, hundreds of different data sources literally globally and, and aggregate them. And I think what makes AccuWeather special is actually that we don't, you know, AI can't do everything with weather if it were weather companies wouldn't be around anymore. But really what we're able to do is take all these inbound data sources that we get from all over the globe. And we have over a hundred, you know, human meteorologists who've been interpreting and managing forecasts and weather information for decades. And their application of all this inbound data to produce the AccuWeather forecast is really, I think what makes AccuWeather such a special and, and valuable resource. I knew use the NWS site. I follow them on Twitter so I can, in my own reporting, sort of keep track of what's going on in the immediate area. You know, I live outside of DC. We just, we've got a cold front coming through. So that for us was, well, let's, let's write up something really quickly and sort of so that people can see it. So we're in our own little way, we're acting as a, you know, we aggregate the content from the government's website that has the data, package it, how we would package something like that and write it out. So, 
I guess, you know, what you're saying is, is AccuWeather's a little bit like that, but it's also a little bit aggregation. It's, you know, taking that government-provided data and then presenting it and packaging it in a way that provides a, a broader picture of what's going on. A broader picture and also much more of a, how does this impact you, regular person on the street kind of way. We spend a lot of time on the wording and descriptions of the weather conditions and the weather forecast with a big focus on, you know, how is this going to impact you in your daily life and work? As much as there is scientific background and meteorological background there, at the end of the day, most people are not meteorologists. They just want to know, you know, I got to walk my dog this afternoon. Do I need a raincoat? How cold is it going to be? Is that front coming in going to be really windy? So I'll do raincoat instead of umbrella. You know, it's it's those kinds of instant lifestyle decisions that hopefully your weather provider can help you out with so you can make better decisions. Jumping in there, Paul. So, you know, Smart News, our first foray into the kind of weather space was just a simple rain radar feature that we launched over a year ago. And the real emphasis for this feature was our CEO, Ken Suzuki, who is a big fan of Back to the Future, was kind of inspired by this scene in one of the sequels, I think, where, you know, Doc and Marty are like getting out of a car in the future and, and Doc turns him and is like, oh, you need to change, get out of the car and change into like future clothes. And he's like, no, but it's raining right now. And then Doc looks at his watch and he's like, well, it's going to stop in exactly 30 seconds. And... If you look at the Smart News Rain Radar today, the way the feature is, it basically will say, you know, the temperature, it's raining right now. And then below that, it's going to say, for you right now, it's going to stop raining in 15 minutes or 32 minutes or whatever it is for your specific dot on the you know, Rain Radar map. So we're trying to provide super useful, very quick and easy to understand information for one of the bigger use cases in weather, which is, you know, if it's wet outside, do I need to prepare for it and for how long? I remember when Hurricane Sandy hit New York City, hit New Jersey, and a lot of people were without power. People were having difficulty getting, going to gas stations to get to get fuel. Places like WNYC in New York, the public radio station, but also you know a very good digital presence in the city. You know, one of the things they did is they parsed some of the data about, you know, what gas stations were open in certain areas and they were able to support some of that with people providing input on their website. Do you see, maybe you do, but I can't imagine you're sort of at that granular, an, an idea of sort of going to the next level of covering the news and, and looking at, you know, trying to anticipate what type of problems people may be experiencing and do some sort of reporting in that way. Yeah. You know, the challenge for an app like Smart News, you know, we're all over the US who have a quite a large user base. And so when we launch features, they need to be able to work at scale across you know, every single city with some degree of automation because we don't have people who can manually update these things for every city. And so the real challenge here is you have to have quality data. And for things like this, where you know maybe you're trying to understand which gas stations are open during a particular disaster, that's going to be there's probably no existing data source that would cover this. Even, you know, something like Google wouldn't necessarily have that updated in real time. So that's the real challenge. And that's one of the reasons like, you know, by working with AccuWeather, we're able to, you know, scale this product because they do have very comprehensive data that's going to work in every single zip code in the U.S. And we can do that because all we do is weather. <laughs> I think 
to your point, Michael, like whether our gas stations are open and you can get fuel there, we can't help you with, but we can definitely tell you minute by minute what to expect from precipitation and temperature perspective. That is a benefit of our position in the news world is that because we have this comprehensive data, we can target down to your actual address in your neighborhood. And in Manhattan, we literally cover hundreds of individualized locations to cover different weather conditions because it may be raining in, in Central Park South now, but that may not reach you because it's moving north and until the Bronx for another 27 minutes or something. And those are all things that we're able to do. But again, we have the advantage of being only weather. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you, <laughs> if you got something that you know people like and you do it really well, you know, people will come to you. You know, people respond to that type of focus, especially with something like weather, which is going to impact, you know, it impacts you every day. It impacts the traffic. It impacts you, you know, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go, all different types of things. We're not just talking about disasters here. Where do you see this going, this partnership, you know, in five years, what types of things would you like to see this uh, disaster hub be? Or maybe even, you know, what is in five years, what do you imagine the disaster hub will be like? You know, I will say, so Smart News, you know, we recently closed a Series F round. We raised over, I think, over $200 million. And part of that money is really supposed to go to, you know, helping us double headcount in the U.S., but also continuing to invest in these disaster info hubs and continue to build on the existing success we've had so far. So really, the sky's the limit in terms of where the product could go. But, you know, Smart News is a company we were very focused on paying attention to what the users are getting value out of and trying to understand any existing pain points or areas for improvement they would like to see and really investing in it from that angle. So I would say for this this feature, it's really going to be driven by what the users are using and what they want to see more of is kind of how the direction of this product will, will go. What metrics are you looking at to measure that? You're checking out, you know, how often people are clicking into certain widgets at the top, also heavily relying on, you know, interviews we do with users to understand, you know, what they think about the app, you know, how they're actually interacting with it, because not everything can be tracked in an app environment. Sometimes just looking at the disaster info hub itself, you know, the widget at the top of the page, just by looking at it, you're going to get enough information. But, you know, we as a, you know, an app as we're monitoring user behavior, we're not necessarily going to be able to tell where we're not absolutely not going to be able to tell where people's eyes are looking. So we have to rely on both, you know, a combination of like actual hard data of what people clicked on and how long they stayed on certain pages. But we're also going to supplement that with, you know, actual interviews and conversations with users from all different types of, you know, demographic backgrounds. What are you guys doing to raise awareness of, of the hub besides being on this podcast? Besides being on this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, these hubs are front and center. When you download and open the app, whether it's your first time or your thousandth time, these things are, you know, at the top of the page and you can't miss them. And so I would say that's really our, our, our biggest push right now. On top of some, we've done some press releases, I think, around the Disaster Info Hub. And I did get covered, I think, in our Series F fundraising PR as well. So is there anything we haven't talked about that you, you guys want to want to discuss? I mean, I guess I would just add on to the Disaster Hub dialogue from our perspective at AccuWeather, where weather events are clearly not going to abate in their kind of frequency and impact on 
users globally. We're continuing to evolve what we do as well. And I think, you know, to McDavid's earlier point of as an aggregator, it's an incredibly valuable one-stop shop to get an overview of what's going on. We have a much deeper perspective on the actual weather events themselves. But I think for a partner like Smart News, we're continuing to evolve what we do as well that will continue to power them. Wildfires, for example, we have a very strong a global air quality partner called Plume Labs in France. And we have been working very closely with them to develop a more comprehensive wildfire product, if you will. And that certainly is data that we output to partners like Smart News, because that's, that is becoming a more and more meaningful issue around the globe. I mean, certainly we work with a lot of major partners in Asia for whom air quality on a daily basis is really can be very problematic and is one of the most clicked on features in the AccuWeather app. Uh, not as true, certainly for those of us in the Northeast in the US or where I'm based, but in the West Coast during wildfire season this year in Oregon and all of the Northwest, these types of issues have become much, much more relevant to people's daily life and work in a way I don't think that even a few years ago I would have foreseen. You know, you said that AccuWeather, I mean, your focus is on weather. Obviously, the big issue in weather is, you know, climate change. Do you provide any coverage on that? Or are you reporting any data or interpreting any data or providing data sets that people can look at to maybe see trends? We don't really do that currently in our consumer facing our website for consumers and our applications for consumers. But we do have a pretty large enterprise business-to-business -business initiative that we do across the board. And it was kind of where AccuWeather was founded before there was even a website or, uh, or applications over 50 years ago. That is really growing into a lot more climate-related issues. And it's interesting. We had a, I was on a call with a, a large electronics manufacturer a few weeks ago, and we were talking about new studies that we can make available that kind of looks at more the historical perspective of weather in locations where you have a manufacturing facility, for example. But then to look at changing forecasts based on climate conditions changing and what could happen in those locations in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years in terms of, you know, you will need to have increased ability to provide air conditioning because it's going to be a lot hotter there or water levels are rising, you might need to think about raising or moving parts of the facility around. And what was interesting to hear from this electronics provider is they said, you know, it's interesting. We spend so much of our time as an enterprise focusing on our carbon footprint that we produce that I don't think anyone's talked to us yet about how are these climate changes going to impact us and our locations going forward. That is definitely a new and developing arena for our business to business efforts. Because you mentioned the, the fires in California, and that's being seen as a contributing factor to that, and other weather events that are happening around the country or happening around the world more often, as I said, it's the big story. What do you see? You know, I did say, you know, five years. What's the short term for the Disaster Info Hub? What are you guys looking to do in the next year or so? You know, I will say, as you mentioned earlier about the, the usage of this product so far, it's something you're audience will probably find particularly interesting, but you know, smart news as a news app, we are number one in time spent per month. 
and that's higher than Apple News or Google News. So we are doing a good job at providing value for our most engaged audience. And I will say that's something we're going to continue to you know, invest in here as we're going forward. And really what the current mandate that I can speak to is just to continue to improve the functionality of the major, you know, natural events that we are covering so far. And we'll probably continue to add in, you know, more types of natural disasters going forward. But yeah, that's about all I, can, I guess I can share at the moment. <laughs> we we okay. can't give away the full playbook. A... <laughs> okay. Well, I understand. I understand. Yeah, there's a lot at stake here for sure. So I've been talking to uh, McDavid Stoddard, Smart News' Product Partnership Director, and Paul Lenz, AccuWeather Senior Vice President of Business Development, about Smart News' Disaster Info Hub. McDavid and Paul, thanks for being on It's All Journalism. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>